great future. We're talking real money. Money is not a game. It is not something you should play with. Money is a very, very important tool in our lives. Uh, Pretty much has been for, I don't know, several thousand years. So you would think by now we'd be used to it and uh, realize that it does have great power. Whether we like it or not, whether we like our fiat currency or our little coin currency or our little cryptocurrency or whatever it is we want to argue about, money is really, really important in our lives. We need it, and yet we do things that look like playing with it. We've talked in the past about playing with stocks or playing with options, but lately there have been a lot of people just playing around with interest rates, trying to determine whether you should, what kind of interest-bearing securities you can own, what the term should be, what the future is going to be like. And, well, we don't, still don't, I don't think we still know the, I don't think we know the future about interest rates, do we, Tom? We do not know the future. We do know that savings account interest rates are basically at a 15-year high. And that's significant in many ways. It is. I mean, that does suggest a couple of things. And many of you are already doing this because I just read a piece about the number of people who have moved money from their major banks to high yield savings account, which makes total sense. It's the, it, the because I think I read I think I have this right. There was an article right I think recently yeah, about one of the first Republic Bank, or I think it was hundred <laughs> hundred billion dollars fled. So, I mean, major retail, the largest retail banks are now paying 0.39%, 0.39. And it wasn't that long ago they were paying like 0.04. You and I were getting 0.001 at Bank of America. That's right, 0.01. Recently. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Um, So this is good that you're moving into high-yield savings. This is good that if you really want to lock your money into savings – that you're putting things, you know, you can get a one-year CD now, I think for somewhere around five with this uh, inverted yield curve, the, you start getting out a little further, even gets into the fours, but that that's good savings rate, right? For yeah, relatively I mean, compared short Compared to what we've seen recently. Yeah. Now, I got no problem with any of those things. Uh, here's where I get in the problem. When people start writing about how should retirees think about the possibility of declining interest rates and what they should do to prepare. Then I struggle because then it feels like interest rates are a like, well, I got to play this. I got to figure out what Uh the future is going to be. And as we've told you many times, and we've been right many times, nobody knows nothing about the future. And that includes you. And, And so in this article, they talk about how rates might be at a cyclical peak. Well, maybe, but we don't know that. Uh, And they quote somebody saying the Fed's benchmark rate could drop to 3% or lower within a couple of years, putting down yields on banks and money market accounts. An investor could and probably should lock in current rates with a four or five year bank certificate of deposit. I don't think that's great advice. Unless Uh, unless uh, this is uh, your uh, short term money that you're not going to touch for five years and you want to get the four and a half percent, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the advice of the lock-in kind yeah, of advice. Yeah, exactly. Now, well, if you buy a five-year CD, then you are locking in. I have for many, 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 yeah. many, many years been a, a huge advocate of the concept, at least. It's very hard to do in practice, but the concept is sound. And that is having a one-year pool of emergency money and then a longer-term replenishment plan for that emergency money 
that uh, includes laddering CDs. That becomes the fixed income portion of your portfolio. And for example, right now, if you went to Charles Schwab and you wanted to build a five-year CD ladder, you could do it pretty much across the board every year at about 5%. That's not bad. Right. So it's 5.1 for a one year, 4.9 for, uh, I mean, 5% for a two, 4.9 for a three, 4.8 for a four, 4.9 for a five. So right across the board is about 5%. And what that does, and this is why the latter part is so important. In one year, you will have a CD that will pay off, that will stop earning interest and is now available to reinvest. What you should do is if you need some of that money, you replenish your emergency money with some of it and you take what's left and you roll it out to five, to five years again, automatically on the day it happens. No hesitation whatsoever. The reason is if rates go up, great. You're going to get a new CD at that new higher rate. If rates go down, that's okay. You've still got 80% of the money you put into CDs earning higher rates. And this gets back to the aspect of sort of portfolio management, because then you start talking about, well, okay, so should I be moving money, money from bonds, for example, into CDs? Uh, should I be moving money from stocks into CDs? Because we know one thing about equities and inflation still, what, what's your argument? 5% today, five and a half. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's somewhere high. It's it's still higher than it's been in exactly. Decades. And what's the best way to sort of deal with that? Well, over the long haul, it has been stocks. Stocks have generally done better against uh, inflation. Um, and then they also talk about diversifying. I think that there's a no brainer there. And the fact that there's more than just yield, right? Yield is important. I, right. I grant you that, but there should be more than yield. And that's why I want to talk about this because your portfolio should be designed with a certain amount in stocks, a certain amount in bonds. And if you have cash, those needs should be for cash. I don't view still cash as part of the portfolio development because when I read these things, I think we're talking about timing a little bit here. I'm going to move out of this into this because this has happened. That we know is fraught for potential disaster. Um, but yes, be efficient, get the better deals for your cash. Uh, here's the other one that I think people forget about because <laughs> I just saw it two days ago from somebody who came in. They have $136,000 in their bank, Bank of America. Oh, earning nothing. Earning nothing. And at the wonderful still Bank of America, guess what? They had $16,432 in credit card debt. I was like, well, why wouldn't you just pay the... People have a tendency, they get all excited about the making money. And they forget about, well, wait a minute, they're charging me, I don't know, 15% on the credit card. Expensive. Losing money. Yeah. Losing money is is is, is the same as, as ma if you can stop the loss. There you that's go. It's just like making it. It turns out. So just these like are it. being efficient at both parts of that and not timing the market, not saying here's what interest rates are going to do. And not saying we're in a rising interest rate environment because we're not. We they've we're, gone up. We've ended. We we have just had a risen interest rate environment. Right. But it may go down soon. Nobody knows. And because people have such a difficult time with uh, with laddered bond portfolios, that's when bond funds come in very handy yeah. because they do basically that same thing. The the. What was last year, the Fidelity, or not Fidelity, the Vanguard Total Bond Index ETF was yielding a little over a year ago, 
one I was going to say like one, 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 two, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But because bonds have been maturing in that portfolio and new bonds, longer maturity bonds at higher rates have been replacing them, the, the SEC yield right now, just this second, is over 4%. They're, I mean, because they're buying the new bonds. Those right. are pushing the old ones out of the portfolio. You're getting that higher yield. Which for most people, you mentioned the ladder, the CD ladder, which, yeah, I think that could work. But for most people, a nice bond fund that's getting that yield, hopefully if rates do go down, you get some return on that as well, and you don't worry about it day to day. That's what I believe in. And that is, and the funny thing is, is it's not just a belief. It's the truth. We are in an age where the truth seems to to be overwhelmed by the noise. And when it comes to investing, there's so much noise because there are so many people with their hands out. You don't see that their hand is out, but it is out. And every time you go to one of these people who claims they can make you more money, either by you know moving you around in bonds or finding you a high yield, a high dividend yielding stock, or getting into a high yield real estate trust or some other high yielding stupidity out there, remember their hand is out. They're going. They're, they they will do. They're likely to do more damage than good. Just beware of that. Yeah. Sometimes they do more good than damage, but know where their what their motivation is. Why are they giving you that advice? I think that's very reasonable. And most of it is wrong. So, and uh, we love getting your questions. By the way, you can send them in to us at talkingrealmoney.com. And for some reason, you guys love typing. I hate typing. I would rather speak my question, but uh, what you can do there too, you can go to the contact form and actually speak your question. And one thing I can promise you about the spoken questions is they get answered faster than the typed questions because I get those (laughs) and I answer them on Fridays. And uh, so, but Tom has written ones. Do you have written ones? Yeah, I do. Do I do. This comes from Ryan in beautiful San Anselmo, California. Uh, he says, I'm a, a avid do-it-yourselfer. Currently, my wife's and my retirement savings are in target date funds from Voya and Fidelity. Your show turned me on to Paul Merriman and with his more aggressive do-it-yourself TDF portfolios. I think he means um, do-it-yourself portfolios because a TDF portfolio is just a target date fund, right? Oh, no, no. Paul has the target date fund strategy, which is, which is it's the, the two fund, the Fargate, the, yeah, the, the okay. Fargate, the, the Fargate Farg- date, Farg- date fund and, uh, and, uh, and that, that schmule cap yeah. thing. He throws in like 20% small cap value. Right. The question from Ryan is first, given that I only have 13 years left till retirement, would it make sense to switch now to the Merriman style portfolio? Yes. Oh, and one, another thing. Get the heck out of Voya. Yeah, that's probably high Voya's, expense. Voya's How Target much? Retirement 2040A costs you a commission to get in, which is already gone, uh, and costs 0.52% ah. per year, yeah. which is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. So oh. that's a that's a no-brainer. He, he asked, well, but doesn't mo- most of the early saving years have – much to do with your return, sure, but you still want to do the right thing today moving forward. And by it, the way, by the way, change that makes a, a, a change for the better works any time. And 13 years doesn't mean in 13 years all the money's coming out, still got to be managed for the future because hopefully your retirement goes on for 
20, 30 years after that. Second, we have several 401ks and IRAs. I'm wondering if we could stagger the target date for each distinct account because we could withdraw them chronologically through retirement. Thanks. I hope these questions make sense. I get it. So in other words, you could say, all right, I'm not going to draw my Roth until 2040. So I'm going to use that for the Roth. I'm going to start pulling on my IRA in 2030. Could build it that way. Yeah, you could do that. That's yeah, the better sure. the better strategy though is to have an actual income plan that uh, that starts to take all these things into account. And I do believe, in terms of the income plan, because it came up in a call again today, I do believe in a total return strategy. That is, you build the right portfolio, and then when you need the cash, you sell the things that have gone up. You rebalance the portfolio rather than taking the interest, taking the dividends and that sort of thing. The total return strategy seems to work better over the long haul. Great question. Did Wait, can I go back? Did, yeah. did he have, what was it Fidelity? Which, did he, he just which said Fidelity target fund? date fund from Fidelity. That's it. Okay. Because I worry if he's at Voya, he may be in the Fidelity Freedom Funds. Those aren't target date though, are they? Yeah, they are. Oh, Fidelity okay. Freedom or target date and their uh, net expense ratio can be as high as 0. 0.75. That's outrageous. Uh, yeah, that's. And again, for a target date fund product, you shouldn't be paying anywhere near that amount. Uh, this comes from DRA. I'm not sure if that was a mistype, but DRA from Tacoma, Washington. I want to remove $5,000 out of my job 401k and put the funds into an IRA with the five top brokerage firms and invest it for the long haul for retirement. I want to put 1k into the five different top brokerage firm firms and see who outperforms. Really? You're kidding me, right? <laughs> I, 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 I read mean, that light last yeah. night. And Let I thought, me tell you, mm, draw. No, um, that is just really silly. One, they're not gonna they're not gonna do much of anything for you. As a matter if you take a thousand dollars to Merrill Lynch, well, they won't or an do LPL it. broker. Yeah, no. they they might put you in a oh. in a in a loaded mutual fund. Oh, okay, there you but go. But sure. I can pretty much guarantee you that you're gonna underperform just buying the market through like Vanguard's total market index. I, I mean, most of the time you've, you would have out, you would have underperformed. So what is the point of this experiment? You're going to find, I I'm pretty sure you're going to find that on average, the, the investments that the five largest brokers in America give you will over uh, any period of time in aggregate underperform just owning the market. Pretty yeah, confident I of that. I guess the point is, can I give everybody a little bit of money, see who does the best, and then give them the rest of my money? Yeah, the that's question, the idea. It's a test. We see this, this from time to time. Yeah, I mean, the question then is, okay, how long is the experiment? Mm-hmm. How yeah, is the, the money? How, any how, good experiment needs to have uh, rules. And if you're going to give me the money, I'm going to say, I'll put it all in AVUV. I'll put it in the asset class that's done the best over the long haul, but it may have a 10-year underperformance. As right. it has since the last, since the Great Recession. I don't know. So, That's like no, these kids good make, pick doing the stock market game. They, oh, they you know, you, you pick the, the most dangerous stock and, hey, if it has a run, you, you win. If it yep. doesn't, then who cares? It, it wasn't real money anyway. You get second place, you get the Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. Uh, so anyway, no, that's I don't think that's a reasonable strategy. I would not undertake it. Sorry. No, it's a silly, silly strategy. Yeah. 
Is that all you got for me? That's it. I'm, I gave you a couple of questions. You I want gave another, a couple do comments. you have another question? No, uh, maybe. Because we're, we're not even at 20 minutes. Uh, well, I do, have, I do have an interesting story you might find amusing. Oh, I love amusing <laughs> stories. Yesterday's yeah. was yesterday's yeah, yeah, was, was amusing. Yeah, so. You nailed it yesterday. Yeah, well, this so one, if you can, you can be as amusing as yesterday, this I'm happy. This one comes from our friends at Red Granite. You know Red Granite, right? I don't right? have a clue what Red Granite oh, is. Oh, come on. Yes, you do. They were the makers of, with money stolen, of course, the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> because if Wait, you're the money the was stolen? Of, you didn't know that? Yeah, that was from I don't the know one, any of this story. one MBD fund member with Joe Lowe and all the rest of it. They looted the money. They gave it to Red Granite. They made the money, blah, blah, blah. So really? what's See, happened? I did not yeah. know. That. They also made Dumb and Dumber, too. Dumb and Dumber right. 2. Yeah, well, and Daddy's no one own. watched. No no one watched that. Uh, but 2013's Wolf of Wall Street has, it's grossed more than $400 million at the box office. I had no idea. Well, good a good debauchery scene or two always gets you a lot. But here's what's happened. A lot of people have taken those clips and are circulating them on sites like Discord and Reddit. And guess what? Red Granite don't make no money on that. So they're like, wait a minute, we're missing out. So what did they decide to do? Well, they may be a little late to the party, but they're going to the party, darn it. I don't care if it's 1.30 in the morning, the place closes at 2. Because Red Granite is going to, guess what? They're going to offer collectible NFTs. NFTs. That's right, oh, man. We're going to have the Wolf of Wall Street NFTs and get some of our money back that way. So I guess right, uh, Leo Leo, okay. and the boys are going to get back together and shoot some pictures or something. So If the clips are already on the internet, then why would you pay $100 for them? To own a clip. I, don't, I, don't know. I, I think it's rather Which silly, I can so. go watch. And as a matter of fact, why do I even care about the clips when I can stream the movie, the whole thing, How from much? beginning to end, for free? Is it free? I mean, I'm I think sure. it's available. Well, it's on. I think it's on whatever Max or uh, MGM now or whatever That's they what call I, well, themselves. Well, essentially, because yeah. I subscribe to all of them. Yeah. Um, is it who has it? Does Netflix? Netflix it was, has it. Okay. Netflix. Oh, I thought MGM had it. So um, everybody anyway. has Netflix. Oh no, it isn't currently available in the U.S. So let's see where is it? Wolf of Wall Street. We're gonna find out where it's streaming, so everybody can go watch it and not buy that stupid NFT. There's a that's a great way to spend your hundred dollars though. Come on. Oh, uh, let's see. Is it? Oh, it looks like it's on Prime Video now. Yep. Oh, it's okay. on Prime Video now. It, these Which, things move around all the yeah, time. I thought it was on. Uh, as I said, I thought it was on Max or. Yeah, there MGM we go. Red Granite right. Pictures. I loved the movie. Yeah, I mean the movie is if you really want to see what ugly people can do to you when yep. they don't care at all about you, which there is a aspect of that at Wall Street in Wall uh, Street. I, oh, excuse me, <laughs> you make it you make it sound like it's so small. There's it's a, a few little, people, little yeah. tiny corner yeah. of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. still, they're the cutest little things. Those rascals. <laughs> yeah, the rascals throwing dwarfs. Anyway, yeah. don't get me going on the movie, but. Um, <laughs> It's pretty awful. So anyway, there you go. There's your new NFT, Don, that you can put up in the studio right there next to the other <sighs> NFT. I just don't still, I still don't get NFTs. I don't get them. How can you sell somebody something that is ethereal? That is, I don't get it. I, I still, I, cause I don't get crypto. 
But, you know, people are still arguing. Some of these crazy crypto people are still arguing for it, despite the fact that at every turn it's being shown to be hot air. Well, and the amount Again. of fraud involved, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes. You know, yesterday you mentioned the last week tonight. Last week tonight, if you don't mind the F word, last week tonight had a great segment on cryptocurrencies and the collapse of a major cryptocurrency, the collapse of a major major cryptocurrency bank, and of course the collapse of a major cryptocurrency exchange, as in Sam Bankman Fried's little deal. So um really great, interesting stuff. You know where I go to look for for truth about money and investing? Talkingrealmoney.com. That's right. And you can guess what? For those of you who are do it yourself first, because you're I know you're listening, because you write me, we have free do-it-yourself portfolios right there for etfs and, and the articles are great stuff. i Just, have put all the real investing journal articles wow. up there now Where, all of them. how do you find those because they're go right to on the, the front page don't see Just contact us down. meet an advisor retirement okay apparently he hasn't explored the whole page listening buyer rent those are the podcasts looking Talk, for help keep going down keep going down. short essays on real investing there you go More essay oh that's very attractive you got the little pig there yeah. Finding those lost funds. So take yeah. advantage of all of it. It's all the goodies. And we want you to be a better investor. And this is how to do it. You're how to do it. And we are uh, on this podcast almost every day, uh, downloaded 50 billion times. <laughs> 50 billion times. Oh, somebody's going to red flag that one. But okay. I, I, He's okay, kidding. I, I He's lied. Kidding. I lied. Maybe. He's in that little corner. Million. Little corner. There's a couple little people yeah. there. Not quite. Don is lying. That's what we should have a little a little voice in the background goes, <laughs> now Don is lying. And now Tom is lying. <laughs> Again? Uh, if you have questions for us, give us a call, 855-935-TALK, 24-7. We answer them all the time. And uh, we uh, do a podcast five days a week. If you love it, write us a review. If you hate it, stop writing reviews. Oh, that's a new thing. By the way, I've just decided on a new podcast uh -oh. that I might yeah. every month or so put in on the weekends. And I haven't come up with the perfect name. But it's it's the TRM hater episode. Oh, we're just going to run the people that really that run us down. Is that I'm it? I'm going to read and respond <laughs> to our negative Is this reviews. really good for you or good for them? I don't know either one. It'll be good for me. It, it, it will. It'll be... All right. Cathartic in some way? Yeah, it will be. It'll be a cathartic <laughs> moment for me. Like the guy who said that I'm jealous of Dave Ramsey. Uh, or we are jealous of Dave I'm Ramsey. just going to go out on the record right now saying that's not something I would want to do, nor do I want you to go bring up, get find people that are upset with me and put them in a room and have them talk about me. I'm, not, I'm that's gonna not going to happen. I'm going to no. do it for you. I'm going to. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I'm going to no, do it. Please. Yeah. You don't read the bad reviews? Every once in a great while, but mostly no, I don't. I mean, so. mostly we're good. We're like yeah. 4.6 to the yeah, good. I don't. I. But whenever I don't. you do something like this, when you slam anything, you are always going to tick people off. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if you slam crypto, yeah. If you slam annuities, you're gonna you're gonna tick off people who sell annuities. If you tell the truth, you have to be willing to suffer the consequence of making people who have a vested interest in the things you're exposing mad. It's part of the job. And, and if you tell bad dad jokes at dinner, you're going to get it from the 15 year old daughter. So I oh, get all those things. Oh, oh, I got it. Oh, so. I've got a great bad dad joke for oh, you. Good conclusion. Yeah. Okay. 
So what did one hat say to the other? I don't know. Wait here. I gotta. I got. I gotta. I gotta go ahead. No, that wasn't it. Oh, Dang it! I blew it. Um, uh, t- I gotta. <laughs> editor. I gotta, editor note. Gotta, please pull oh, this. Darn it. Okay, I'm gonna edit this out. This is gonna be gone. It's on. It's out. Cut this here. You know what I have here for this? You I actually got a tape cutter right there. No editor. Where there's there's no tape. I have a clicker. <laughs> a clicker. I do. Wait, is that gonna make me disappear? That's kind of scary. See, it makes these really loud sounds on the. Screen. Where'd my clicker go? All right. Anyway, we're gonna end this. All right. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of our silly little show that makes you um a lot better more with dough. Your dough. Oh, yeah. okay. Ooh, oh, yours was better. A lot more dough. Better with your dough. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to rhyme and not doing well. It's rising. Let's just so put it that way. Please don't wish that we go to. <laughs> I'm done. That's Tom. We talk real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.